How you doing today? It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, and this is March 6th, uh, Monday, 5 p.m., UMFM. That's how you're listening to us, uh, unless you're listening via podcast, uh, which that's fine. You can do that. You can take us anywhere and everywhere. Uh, it's co-host Tom here. We're here with uh, Season 5, Episode 20, an episode that we're calling The Poolan. No fooling with Poolan. It's Dave Poulan. He was a uh, famous number 20 for the Philadelphia Flyers back in the 80s. Um, yeah, so uh, co-host Tom here with you on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, and I'm here with uh, co-host Jared. Jared, how are you doing today? A little tired today, Tommy. Yeah, uh, you had a big game last night, Garage League playoffs. Uh, yeah. We can we can talk some Garage League uh, a little maybe, later in the show. We, but... we both kind of had rough weeks in the old Garage League, so maybe we should leave that until the third period. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think we'll leave, we'll let that simmer <laughs> for now, and then we'll kind of dig into that. Um, we yeah. do have some other stuff we want to talk about today, uh, including you know trade the trade deadline in the NHL has come and gone, mm-hmm. and you know we've been talking trade stuff on the show just as the entire hockey world has been talking trade stuff for the last little while. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a few, few things we'll, we'll get into. And then uh, we're going to talk about uh, your Winnipeg jets uh, as they finally found the win column again, this past weekend um, after a very rough stretch of hockey and they're mm-hmm. not out of the woods yet, but nope. you know, that game, that win against the Oilers on Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, uh, gave the boys a little bit of hope. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to play some tunes, uh, as always on this show today. Uh, and our, our song picks are kind of, uh, they just announced the Winnipeg Folk Fest lineup. So our, uh, our song picks are all going to be, uh, you know, in cahoots with that. Mm-hmm. So all that said, Jared, we got some Dave Pooland to talk about. Uh, <laughs> um, do you know where he's from? I believe he is from Ontario somewhere. Yeah, he's from Shania Twain's hometown, Timmins, Ontario. Oh, okay. Uh, that's mining country up there in Timmins. I spent a week of Sundays in Timmins one time for work. And, uh, you know, our we- our work was weather dependent and it rained like every a lot. day. Nice. <laughs> so that was why we were there for so long. Very um, nice. But... Uh, you know, I got I got pretty well acquainted with the Boston pizza, and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Timmins, Ontario, not a bad little town. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, notably the home of Dave Poulin and Shania Twain. Mm-hmm. So Poulin played basically, I mean, um, through the eighties. Yeah, uh, and 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 in, he retired age thirty six in nineteen ninety five. 
Yeah. Um, similarly to our number 18 episode, Craig Simpson. Yeah. Um, we've got another broadcaster on our hands. Uh, so like the younger folks these days, or uh, the younger folks these days, what am I trying to say? Uh, they they might think of Poulan more as a uh, a guy on TV, a talking hockey head on TV, mm-hmm. not so much of a as a player. Um, but I I definitely recall him uh, with his Philly days. You know that was when I would have started collecting hockey cards, and uh, and then as a Bruin in the early '90s as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Poulan, uh, he was undrafted actually. Yeah. So um, he had he had kind of a, an interesting past to the NHL because he he played uh, college hockey in the U.S. for the University of Notre Dame for yeah. a full four years, which and, that was kind of before it was fashionable to do so. Yeah. And then after his uh, NCAA playing career uh, ended, he went over to Sweden and he played uh, for a team called Rogla BK and. His head uh, I love co- Rogla BK. Yeah, big, big fan of Rogla <laughs> BK. Uh, so his head coach over there uh, was a guy named Ted Sater, who coached in the NHL for a few different squads. And uh, he was a scout for Philadelphia at the time and kind of passed along Poulin's name to the Flyers. Mm. And uh, he ended up making the leap to the NHL. And... Um, he uh, he debuted in 82-83 uh, in Maple Leaf Gardens, which being a guy from Ontario was probably kind of a big deal. And yeah. uh, he scored two goals. Uh, and uh, the next season, he got put on the, the top line in Philly with Brian Prop and Tim Kerr. Oh, Timmy Kerr. He had great hockey hair. Yeah. I don't and- know if you remember his hair. Oh, yeah. uh, there was one OPG card of Tim Kerr that I vividly remember, and it was like a profile shot, so you could mm-hmm. really like see the curly kind of yeah. mullet at the back, and yeah. uh, and he might have had a very light colored duster on his upper lip. Oh yeah, and uh, Brian and Brian Prop had a really wicked like great big blonde mustache that okay. <laughs> uh, that I was quite was was quite uh, a fan of. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah. what about Poulin? I mean these days I I just kind of picture Poulin as being the guy bald. the guy yeah, the guy the guy in the panel who wears the glasses, the bald guy who who wears the glasses. Yeah. Uh, he never he never had good facial hair as no. of, far as I can re- recall. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't make the show based on his um Based on his hair, no. uh, you know he might not actually be bald. Now that I'm kind of doing a quick little Google image search, he's just kind of got classic, you know, sixty-year-old yeah. man hair or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, you know, despite the fact that he didn't debut in the NHL until he was 25 years old, he ended up uh, in his first season setting a club record uh, for most points by a Flyers rookie with 76. Uh, the record's now been passed by who? I can't tell you. Uh, Eric but, Lindros? Oh, yeah, probably, right? Uh, but Likely. You know, uh, two to three years after, uh, he took over uh, as the team captain, replacing yeah, w- the, the legend Bobby Clark. And yeah. uh, 
they traded they traded uh, Daryl Sittler away to Detroit and uh, gave Poulin the captaincy. So, yeah. And he wore so here I'm just looking at uh, some pictures of Poulin and I'm seeing that, you know, the 8990 Um mm-hmm. one of my favorite set of cards ever. Yeah. And last episode, we did the Larry Robinson, and I mentioned Robinson's Opeachy card. Mm-hmm. What I forgot to mention about that one was the airbrush job, because oh. he was it was his first year with the Kings, and so they obviously they... only had a photo of him from Montreal or whatever. Yeah. So they airbrushed on the LA Kings jersey. So the, that 89-90 Dave Poulin card, no airbrushing. However, it is a no-bucket warm-up card, which is my favorite genre of hockey card. Very I nice. love the no bucket warm up, and he's got like a very nice five o'clock shadow going on. He's got that big C on the shoulder of the, on the uh, chest of the Flyers Jersey. Um, but when you see Poulin wearing the helmet, he had that classic Cooper helmet. Oh yeah. You know, the one um, I, I had that one. I had, yeah. I had a red one and then I had a blue one. Yeah. Um, I forget like the model uh, name of it, but I did have a mine. Mine was a little different, but I did have that. I think that Cooper helmet, like the, you know, the nineties version of that or whatever. Yeah. And the Uh, thing, and the thing that I kind of remember about that helmet is it had the foam that came down a little bit, a little bit below the plastic. And I remember cutting it back, which probably oh, really? was not well. Well, you know. there goes your CSA approval. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think I probably lost the CSA approval. Uh, so he, uh, you know, like he started as a bit of a goal scorer and and like an offensive guy, but then sort of halfway through his career, he transitioned and became kind of a defensive player. Yeah. Um, so he won the Selkie Trophy, which yeah. uh, they. Probably, and it will eventually rename the Patrice Bergeron trophy. Uh, sure. But but yeah, no, in 86, 87, at age 28, that's about his fifth or sixth year in the league. Mm-hmm. He won the Selkie, and mm-hmm. he had 70 points in 75 games. He was uh, a juicy plus 47. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just I, I would imagine a uh, pretty good face-off guy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he was a center, so... Um, generally speaking, Selkie winners who play center are top drawer in the face-off department. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> cause that's a big part of that game win and draws cause puck possession, we all know is uh pretty key to, uh, controlling the play. Um, let, let's give the quick statistical rundown of Dave Poulin. Um, so he did play eight years in Philadelphia, that's 467 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored 394 points for the Flyers. Um, his uh, his goal um, high for mm-hmm. his entire career was his first, his rookie season, 31 goals um, at age 25 uh, for the Flyers uh, in 83-84. So after Philadelphia, he went to Boston mm-hmm. uh, where he played uh, 165 games over the course of four seasons, scored 102 points, and then he finished off his career in Washington, um, where he played 92 games and scored 34 points. So his his NHL totals: 724 regular season games, 205 goals, 325 assists for 500 
and 30 points. Career plus minus of plus 216. He was only a minus player twice in his career. And that was, uh, there was one one season in Boston where he only played 18 games and he was a minus two. And then uh, in uh, his first year in Washington, he was a minus one. Um, so he also, he also won the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, um, which is for leadership on and off the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was, uh, that was 92, 93 that he won the Clancy. And uh, the, the Coles notes on that is that he spent a lot of time helping charities and he was the co-chairman of the March of Dimes Walk for Life fundraiser. March of Dimes is a national foundation for infantile paralysis to combat polio, founded hmm. in 1938 by FDR. So now you know a little bit about that, which yeah. I had no idea about. But nor did um, I. Yeah. Um, uh, I read a uh, so I just actually read a pretty cool story uh, that mm-hmm. involved Dave Poulin uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so he played in. Uh, Rendezvous 87. And I don't know if you remember Rendezvous 87. Vaguely? So it was a two-game... That wasn't the Canada Cup, no. No, it was was, uh, a two-game series that was held between uh, the Soviet Union national uh, ice hockey team and a Mm. team of all-stars from the NHL. Uh, They played back-to-back in uh, Quebec City. And it was... um, kind of designed as a follow-up to the challenge cup that held uh, that took place in the 70s um and it was also the first time uh that the the soviets were kind of allowed to come over and play by the russian ice hockey federation and it was kind of um the first time that we got to see uh guys like uh Vyacheslav Fedosov and Krutov mm. and Larry Onoff and Valerie Kamensky and all guys uh, who would come to the NHL in the yeah. following couple of seasons, really. Yeah. And so in in the first game of that Makarov. Series, yeah, Sergei Makarov. Yeah. Played, played with Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. I re- I remember when when all those guys kind of made the jump because Larry Onoff and Krutov went to Vancouver and Makarov right. went to Calgary. And uh, Fedosov, I think Fedosov and uh, oh, other defensemen, can't remember his name. They both went to New Jersey, but Fedosov ended up getting traded to Detroit, I believe. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Could be. Anyways. It's funny sto- that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Finish the story. But I just wanted to say it's funny looking back on it. I don't know the reasons I'd have to dig into it, but. That first wave of Russians, how many of them, they, they really only went to a handful of teams and it, it, most of them were Canadian. And then the right. other one was, yeah, New Jersey was the other team that a lot of them ended up going to until, yeah. you know, more started coming and they, you know, whatever. But yeah, no, that's, it's a so interesting I reme- tidbit. I remember going in the first year that all those guys came to play in the NHL, going to Jets games because you still get tickets super cheap at the old barn. And yeah. seeing seeing the Jets play against Vancouver and against Calgary, I think I saw all five of them 
yeah. in that first wave that kind of came over. Uh, but anyways, the story was that uh, while they were over here, Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky wanted to arrange kind of a get together with these Russian players who were, you know, the Russian five, I believe yeah. they called them. And so he had to do some sort of finagling because at that point, I oh, think that the, think I the Russian Ice Hockey Federation was was getting pretty wary of the fact that these guys were going to jump to the NHL, right? Yeah. And so they watched them with, um, like, they always had a representative from the Russian army with them at all times, kind of watching them. And so uh, Gretzky invited them over for some sort of a meal or something. Like a barbecue or a something barbecue like that. A barbecue with his, his dad. And the only way that it could happen was that Viktor Tikhanov, who was like the famous Rus- Russian ice, uh, ice hockey coach, yeah. he came along. The army guy came along. And then it was Gretzky, Gretzky's dad, and for some reason, Dave Poulin. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and he was like sneaking them downstairs for beers for or beers. something like yeah. that. <laughs> Go down and play ping pong. Yes, yeah, I just Cracking read that beers story. For, yeah. Read that I, story. I, I heard that story somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I just read funny. that story a, a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. It was pretty interesting though because that team it wasn't just like a best of Canadian. So there was guys from Canada. Uh, guys from the U.S., a mm. uh, couple, couple of Swedes, couple of Finns, and so it was like a really interesting mix. All the Canadian guys that you would expect: Gretzky, Lemieux, um, uh, uh, Howard Chuck, Messier, uh, Ray Bork, and then you had Rod Langway and Mark Howe, Asatikinen, Curry, uh, Doug Wilson, and then. Uh, for some reason, Sweden was represented by Alf Samuelson and Thomas Sandstrom. Uh, they were big players in the day. They were, sure, yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I, re- I a... remember watching those games as a young kid, and uh, the, uh, the NHL team won the first game 4-3, and then the Soviets won the second game 5-3, and so won the series on an aggregate score of 8-7, uh, yeah, here's a funny quote from Tikhanov about that. The NHL didn't win and neither did we. The person that won was hockey itself. Both games were like holidays, like festivals. Two of the greatest hockey games you'll ever see. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder how good, like, I wonder how, like, I mean, the, the close scores and everything. Uh, like, I wonder the atmosphere of those games, if it was, you know, hotly contested, like say, like the '72 series, mm-hmm. um, or more closer to like an all-star game, where it's like yeah. nobody's wanting to get hurt. We're just yeah. having a good time. We're playing hockey. You know, you you they're playing to win, I guess, obviously. But it the hatred of ten years before, whatever it was, yeah, you know, probably wasn't there anymore. Really, I don't know. Yeah. And and so, I mean, I think it was closer to the All-Star festivities and, in fact, mm-hmm. replaced the All-Star game that year. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was kind of a kind of an interesting thing. And, uh, yeah, Dave Poulin right there, right there in the middle of it, scored a game winner and uh, got got presumably got drunk with a bunch of Russian guys. So, <laughs> yeah, got the, you know, good got for the you, beers Dave. flowing. Yeah. 
Uh, here's the, so I, I assume this was at the Quebec Coliseum, yeah. or the Colisee, as it mm -hmm. was uh, known. Uh, attendance for game one, 15,398. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened for game two. Uh, 15,395. <laughs> there were three tickets that uh, they just couldn't sell. Yeah. A couple, fo couple folks just didn't show up. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough, <laughs> tough beat for the NHL. Yeah. Uh, well, we should probably play uh, play a song, I think. Sure. Yeah. We've been yeah. gabbing about uh, Dave Poulin for a while. So, yeah, Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, Season 5, Episode 20, The Poulin. Um, and as we have learned in this segment, there is no fooling with Poulin. Um, he's one of my favorite TSN guys, to be honest. He's good. I, I enjoy uh, when he sort of uh, comes on Jets intermissions to talk about the game and that kind of thing. And then, uh, yeah, I think he regularly covers probably, I'm going to guess the Leafs. I don't. Yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's a Toronto guy. He writes for uh, the star, does he? Yeah. He yeah. writes for one of the Toronto papers. Yeah, I think and... it's the star because um, when I've been in Ontario visiting family and whatnot, uh, you know, yeah. you, you pick up the old sports section of the star. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's definitely, I've definitely read some Poulin uh, stories there. So yeah, let's, let's throw to a song. Like you say, um, it is uh, Winnipeg Folk Fest uh, Festival just announced this week. And the headliner is the War on Drugs. Um uh, they are the the kings of dad rock. I think is probably an apt title. They may have taken that title from Wilco, uh, the previous, and you know maybe uh, maybe they need like a best of two aggregate score series to determine <laughs> yeah. who the champion of who dad champion rock is. really is. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, uh, also notable because they were uh, Kurt Vile who I know yeah. you're a fan of and I'm yeah. a fan of used to be in this band. And right. And he, he splintered off and he did his own, his own, Went to do his own thing. Did and his own thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a, uh, I, I, I kind of forgot about that fact, but that's an interesting fact. And anyway, we're, we're going to play a song. This is off their most recent album, which I think was like a Grammy nominated or winning. It won album. a Grammy. Yeah. It did win. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, this song's called Oceans of Darkness, and yeah, Dad Rock, let's go!
Hey, that was Oceans of Darkness by The War on Drugs. They are headlining this summer's uh, Winnipeg Folk Fest. Don't miss it. Um, and if you do, that's fine. Uh, but uh, I, 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 I'm telling you, it's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have a couple other songs by other uh, artists playing Folk Fest this summer as well, coming up later in the show. But I just kind of want to uh, segue from our Dave Poulin talk in the first uh, period of our show there. Uh, here we are in the second period. So Dave Poulin, TSN panel member. Trade deadline day just happened on uh, Friday, this past Friday. And, uh, you know, famously, both Sportsnet and TSN have like day-long shows of, uh, you know, trade it's it's evol- it's funny how it's evolved over the years, eh? Um, mm-hmm. And they make it such a big thing. I think the next thing that they're going to do, because this deadline kind of was unlike others in some ways, where it was almost like the trade week, you know? Well, and I so- think they're going to evolve trade the trade deadline day show into a trade week show. Oh God, um. help God help us all. <laughs> I mean, you know, so going in going into the deadline day. Uh, a lot of the major major moves, major players that had been discussed had all been traded. And so yeah. kind of thinking like, how are they going to... Because that, that trade deadline day on TSN starts at 7 a.m. in the morning. And how are they going to fill like eight hours of programming? What are they going well, to, what are they going to talk about? Here's one way they filled it. They brought in Bruce Brugero to reenact his infamous, uh, what was that? Like journey to the cup or something like that. One of those uh, kinds of, Oh uh, yeah. That HBO series. I used yeah, to love, was, love that. Yeah. It was one of those kind of HBO type of things or about it was leading outdoor, up about outdoor, the outdoor game, game or something yeah. like that. And uh, was he? Who was he coaching at the time? Washington. Washington. Yeah. He was coaching Washington. Now I remember and it, <laughs> w- watching that one because it, they ran it for like four weeks or six weeks. You'd get a new episode every week, and yeah. it was it was Washington and it was Pittsburgh, I yep. believe. Yeah, and Boudreaux was a madman. He was <laughs> like him. It was great because it would be like him in the dressing room swearing like a pirate yeah and 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 then the next thing it would cut to him and he's at a like suburban shopping mall buying like a a valentine's (laughs) gift for his wife and he's like tried to tried to like think about what to get her and he's just like giving marital (laughs) advice yeah he was right after reaming out yeah uh, you know his capital's team of Ovechkin and all. Uh, Yeah, yeah, so they they brought him in uh, to the TSN Mm -hmm. trade deadline show to reenact that scene. And it was pretty comical, actually. They had, um, you know, Gino Retta and James Duffy and uh, Dave Poulin and, you know, all the sort of usual TSN uh, people, Cheryl Pounder or whatever. Mm -hmm. They were all there. (laughs) Boudreaux's like, you effing this, that, the other thing, whatever. And he points at Gino right now. He's like, and and Gino, you're effing just effing sitting there. <laughs> do 
F and do something, whatever. <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. Even though it was like so completely like staged and whatever, I thought they pulled it off pretty good. And then just the shot of Gino, he was like so sad looking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and then and then of course on on the other channel on Sportsnet, the big um the big like moment when I tuned in, uh Paul Bisonette was uh arriving. And then oh. actually they had Ryan Getzlaff as well. And Getzlaff pulls up in like a Lamborghini or whatever, one of those cars with the doors <laughs> that like, you know, open all crazy. And uh, I thought uh, that was interesting. But they, they had some uh, some good moments too. And then Colby Armstrong, of course, told a story of going out to dinner the night before and who walks in but Drake. And Drake <laughs> is waving and Colby Armstrong thought he was waving at him. He did uh -huh. a double-handed wave at Drake, but then turns out Drake was waving at the guy behind Colby <laughs> Armstrong. <laughs> oh, anyway. Colby. Yeah, but the the trade deadline day itself, bit of a dud. Not, bit of a, not bit a lot of, a of big moves, per se. Um, so the biggest was... actual deadline day move was uh, was what? Was um, Klingberg, maybe? I don't know. Is that a, a big one? Um there was uh, Jordan Greenway got moved. Kulikov. I really thought Kulikov was going to come back to Winnipeg. Come back to Winnipeg. Goes to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, uh, there weren't a lot of huge deadline day moves. So there was on, on deadline day, there was 19 trades overall. Mm -hmm. But in the week, I think I think I read something like from the time that Bo Horvat got traded from Vancouver to uh, the Islanders, there was over 50 deals, like 56 trades Wild. or something. That's yeah. like that amount of player movement. I don't remember that ever kind of happening. Um, yeah. it you was, know, okay. Uh, so th the biggest trade on deadline day itself might've been Tyler Batuzzi to Boston. And that was the first trade of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, the amount of moves in the, and they really, I think will be rebranding it as trade deadline week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like the NBA, like the NBA goes wild at deadline. eh? like, it's yeah. just like, and, uh, the NHL, you know, there's always a, a couple trades or, a, you know, a flurry of trades or whatever, but nothing crazy. But mm -hmm. this 50-plus trades or whatever you just said, that's wild. Yeah. Like, there were, there, and there were big, there were big trades. There were big lots trades. Of, lots of big names moved. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I guess for me, the one, the one that kind of stuck out, the one that was really, really surprising, right? It's like, so Jacob Chikrin, we talked about him for a long time. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, been he on... get... 18 months. He's been on the trade block, right? Yeah, and yeah. he he ends up going to Ottawa yeah. for for a series of draft picks. And I had no idea, A, that he was Canadian. Yep. Same. I thought I thought he was a European guy. And B, he's got huge ties to the Ottawa area. Like he's that's where yeah, I don't know if he's is. from there, but he's like an Ontario guy, but not Toronto, yeah. you know, like he's right. more maybe like Ottawa Valley or somewhere. Yeah. And wherever he's, he's super stoked to be his, his grandfather. I saw this, yeah. I guess this must have been last night. I was watching 
hockey highlights or whatever. And yeah, his grandfather is from or lives in Ottawa and was at the for his first Sens game that Chickren played in or whatever. Yeah. And Chickren scores a goal, gets an assist. Um and it, you know, his grandpa's there eating yeah. Tim Hortons or whatever. They showed like him a... the clip after the game, and Chickren's like, "Oh man, you're gonna, you're making me tear up here." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's just like a classic. But, but he was, he was thing, he's yeah. like stoked to be yeah. on the sense. And what I mean, he's been in the desert where they can't even sell at a five thousand seat college arena, right? You know, playing for the phoenix coyotes what a waste of a franchise that is sorry yotes fans but that team the only reason there's still a team there is that's gary bettman will oh yeah you know like the day that bettman goes that's the end of the coyotes probably but yeah as long as he's around but anyway chicken's been kind of wasting away in the desert now he's in a hockey mad market on a young up-and-coming team Mm -hmm. you know a team he's got ties to that area. He was he was loving it, and yeah. Um, yeah, I like that move for Ottawa and the the like cost of acquisition for Ottawa, which was what a, a protected or like conditional uh, first round pick this year, mm-hmm. a conditional second round pick next year, mm-hmm. and then a third round pick either next year or the year after or something. Right. And I'm like, that's it. Like that's, that's it. That's what took 18 months for you to do Phoenix. Like, yeah, what is wrong I, with them? Well, and I think, you know, like, we'll, and we're going to get into this, like kind of winners and losers of the deadline. I think like Phoenix, they have, they had this chance. They had guys, they had assets. And, and I think that, you know, they overplayed their hand, especially mm-hmm. when it came, came to Chikrin, right? And like, there just wasn't, uh, a market form at the end. And I think that the other team that was kind of in on it that I was reading was Columbus. He didn't want to go to Columbus. Mm. And I don't know if he doesn't, doesn't really have a huge say, but you know, uh, Phoenix overplayed their hand. And, yeah. and I maybe think... at the end of the day, they were like, they went to chicken and they were like, we've got Ottawa, we've got Columbus. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. And he said, well, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. go to let's go to Ottawa. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I mean, far and away, the big the big winner and uh, is Boston. I think that Boston did huge things. Right. Yeah. They got they got they got Count Orloff and they got uh, <laughs> Garrett Hathaway and then going and getting Bertuzzi on on the on the day of uh the trade deadline mm-hmm. was a huge thing like he seems like a prototypical kind of boston bruins player he right he does yeah, yeah. and they they they've got a couple injuries going on right now i know yeah, uh, Felino's out. old man Felino's out yeah. they, and uh taylor hall is also out yeah. i don't know the duration of their you know yeah. expected uh absence but um the twos, you know, I like, the twos I like, fits in there like yeah, he really, does. really he well. Does. And Boston's having a historic season. They're yep. um the fastest <laughs> team ever to a hundred points. Am I wrong about that? Is that just something I heard? No, and... I think that sounds right. I mean it's like it's just the it's the rich kind of getting richer. And yeah. I and I hate to say like the other team that I think sort of acqu- acqu- acquitted themselves the best was 
the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, they were certainly busy. I mean, they've yeah. got upwards of six new players on their team, which in the couple games they've had since acquiring everybody, you know, they lost. They lost on Saturday night to Vancouver. And, and Ryan O'Reilly got hurt, which is not is not right? good. He took a puck to the thumb or something like that. Yeah. Um. So we'll see what happens there. Now, for the, the Leafs, with that Leafs. many new players, there's a bit of uh, uh, gelling time, maybe, I guess, sure. that that could, but, you know, they've got 20 games to figure it out or whatever. Yeah, but. I think I think with them, though, like they brought in like. Professional and I know they're all professional hockey players, but like professional hockey players, right? Like guys yeah, they, like I O'Reilly like the moves they made. I do and like the Shen moves they made. and Jake McCabe. The yeah. thing that's kind of made me scratch my head, and I know that Toronto was right up against the cap, was they didn't bring in any sort of goaltending help. Yeah. Right. Well, and like, Murray's back now. He played on Saturday night. Yeah. I think, uh, but, which I didn't realize. I thought he was out for longer than that, but he's, he's, he's a back, big question. So. He's a big question mark. Like, I, I, mean, I think Murray, honestly, like, I, I've liked him since his Penguins days. You know, he's a good Thunder Bay kid. Um, yeah. He's when he's on and when mm-hmm. he's playing and he's not injured, which unfortunately has been his his issue is injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been a fantastic goaltender. Yeah. And I think that his little stint in Ottawa. He must have just been dealing with injuries the entire time because he wasn't himself. Oh yeah, and, no, and, totally. And 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 unfortunately for him, he's just not been healthy enough to really play to the level that he probably can. We've yeah. seen little flashes of it here and there, and I guess Toronto's basically just banking on like uh, maybe we get like a little yep. healthy stretch of him. Yeah, Samsonov's been okay. Uh, yeah. But you know, like yeah, goaltending is going to be Toronto's uh, well, and, question mark. And like, why? And I mean, I know it's a money thing, but Vegas seemed to make it work. Why not? Why not look into getting Jonathan Quick, who right. you know, Columbus Blue Jackets legend Jonathan Quick. I felt bad for that guy because you know, like he he was like the core component or one of the core components for two Kings Stanley cup wins. For sure. He's an LA Kings legend. They, and he gets traded on the flight. He finds out he got traded to Columbus on the flight home from the game against Winnipeg. Like how much does that, right. It was like right after the game. How much does that suck? Like, I guess it's, it's just the, like, I understand what you're saying. It's the way it goes. That's the way she goes. But (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a a part and parcel of being a pro hockey player, I guess. And, you know, I mean, look, he, I, I, I kind of heard some talk about like, did the Kings do him wrong by trading him like that? I don't think so because, you know, he's he's an L.A. King legend. He's you know, he's been paid handsomely by the yep. L.A. Kings. And um, he's on a, he's on the down downside of his career. He's exactly. Got I another, mean, you know, he, could he, retire. Knows, he knows what this what time what it is, right? is. Right. Exactly. And uh, hey, they just built a statue of uh, Dustin, Dustin Brown. Brown. I mean, why not put one up a quickie and Kopitar eventually yeah. here too? Right? Oh, like, that's gonna come. I mean, you yeah. should have started building that statue of Kopitar after he lit the Jets up the other night for, for four yeah. for four goals. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was gonna get the fifth in overtime yeah, too. I know, right? Uh, but uh, you know what? So Saturday actually um, saw a couple of huge games. Uh, speaking of the Canucks taking down the Leafs, um, mm-hmm. but there was. Uh, 
you you mentioned the Bruins and the Leafs as being big deadline winners. In my opinion, I think the New York Rangers did a okay as well. Oh yeah, picking up, picking up Patrick Kane, uh, Vlad Tarasenko. Uh, mm-hmm. Who else did they add? They added Mott, uh, Tyler. Oh, Mott. Tyler Mott. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if they added anybody else, but anyway, they they played the Bruins on Saturday in a yeah. little matinee affair and. Uh, couple of top teams in the east and you know the bees came out on top and mm-hmm. it's just like i i watched a bit of that game i don't know that anybody's going to beat the bruins this year and i've kind no. of been on record as saying tampa colorado final rematch yeah. um and uh but you know boston i mean that's it's uh ridiculous they're 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 too good it's yeah. it's wild and and, and we we had talked too. like Boston made the moves that they needed to make. New York went in and they made the moves. Toronto obviously uh, made the moves. Colorado did not. We and not we so had talked about had, had how Colorado always they, kind of makes they moves up, and Lars Eller and they picked up Jack Lars Johnson. Eller. Yeah, you know uh, smooth, Lars Eller, you know folk singer. Uh, Lars yeah. Eller, good 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 centerman, third line centerman, I guess yep. probably. Um, but you know, maybe they're just really banking on Landeskog coming back and being their kind of addition. Yeah. Yeah. And Makar Makar was out for a little bit. I think he's back now. Yeah. And uh, you know what though? On Saturday they played the big Western Conference matchup. They played uh the Dallas Stars. Dallas trounced them seven three. Dallas um, is looking good, and Dallas made like they they got they not only did Dallas shed salary because they got out of Kudobin's contract they got rid of gary Onoff. they brought in uh dadinoff and then yeah. they also got max domi max domi You're right yeah and apparently mark Wahlberg is a big max domi guy because i saw some sort of social media video of mark Wahlberg putting on a green dallas stars jersey with 18 domi on the back and he's like in his boston <laughs> accent which i just i don't know what that one is i just tried to do but he's like he's like oh like the max domi or whatever <laughs> Anyway, we got to get to another is, song here. On that on that great Mark, Mark Wahlberg impression, <laughs> we should probably play another song. That's yeah. very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So what are we going to go with here? We're going to go with Rich O'Coin. Yeah. Rich O'Coin good is East Coast guy, right? Yeah, he's from Halifax. Um he's playing the Winnipeg Folk Fest this summer. We're going to mm-hmm. play a little bit of an older tune of his. He's he, mm-hmm. he's got a new album out like last year, I think he's got another one in the works that's going to be out soon. Mm-hmm. However, we're going to go with an album with a song choice off of his 2014 album Ephemeral. Mm-hmm. And um, this song, which song are we playing again? It's called, sorry. Uh, are uh, you experiencing? Yes. Are you experiencing? And this was, uh, this was a college radio staple, a banger back, you know, almost a decade ago. Yeah. Wild. I work uh, at a college radio station. Yeah, you remember I can, this I can one. Attest, I can attest to that, yes. <laughs> yeah. So here we are on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, and this is Rich O'Coin.
right, that was Rich O'Coin with his tune, Are You Experiencing? Yeah, little known fact about Rich, um, besides being a great guy, top-notch guy, he is a uh, a pretty good hockey player. And he's played oh, yeah? in the... Yeah, he's Exclaim played in the... Cup? Ex- Exclaim Cup. Um, you know, all those kinds of uh, tournaments and whatnot. And uh, I, I, I've lo- I, I used to you know, pal around with them back in my Halifax days. I We've kind of fallen out of touch a little bit as one does when they live on opposite sides of the country and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm not sure what, uh, you know, how much hockey he's playing these days, but uh, he's a pretty good player. Pretty good yep. player. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so the last segment of our show, last period, third period here, uh, we're going to maybe like just touch on a couple of the Jets, Winnipeg Jets pickups. Um, so they, they added Nino Niederreiter a few days before the deadline for yeah. us in, in exchange for a second round pick next year or this year, I think it's this uh, year. next, uh, 2023. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, um, and then a fourth round pick on deadline day was sent to San Jose for Vlad Nemestankov, Vlad Nemestankov who, who was, was acquired the for day Mikey- before. Before, for Mikey Isomont. For Mikey Isomont, right? Who the Jets lost on waivers back in, I don't know, November, December, yeah. whatever so, that was. So, you know, like we've been we've been kind of poking fun at, at Kevin Schill Day Off. Sure, um, as one does. Like, as one does. Like <laughs> uh, calling him out a couple weeks ago, like, what are you going to do? Um, and pretty disappointing i would say uh the fact you know look okay so the two players that they brought in again professional hockey players good good guys neither one of them really moves the needle in any way shape or form i think um and let's face it like we talk everybody talks you know sort of pie in the sky we want to bring in jacob chikrin we want to bring in um, you know, all these Timo Meyer jets don't make those moves, unfortunately, no. but the for, fact, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say for me, the two that I was kind of really wanted to see would have been, uh, Matthias Eckholm, who ended up going to sure. Edmonton yeah, and uh, Chikrin who ended up yeah. going to Ottawa. I thought, sure. I thought those would be really nice moves to make. I, um, I'm actually even, quite a fan of the Nino Niederreiter pickup. Sure. I like that player. He's been good. He's been good. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that they left $3 million in cap space unspent, I think is yeah. inex- inexcusable. Um, Logan Stanley, a co- uh, the day before, comes out and, and asks for a trade. And it's just like, perfect. Great. Shoot him to the moon. Like, get rid of that guy. Right. <laughs> Find find something, do something. It, yeah, it, take it a draft free- pick. Who cares? But it frees up more money, and it it frees up more importantly, it frees up a bit of a roster spot too, right? And so I don't Bring know. on up. Yeah, pretty pretty disappointing. Uh, it's um, I, you gotta wonder, is there, uh, is there are you know are there plans? that we just don't understand or see yet that, that are oh, in the works. Oh, for Tommy, this I don't, I don't, th- I don't think so. We seem to have our finger on the pulse of both oh, yeah. things. <laughs> Look, <laughs> talking Ooh. hockey, the hockey talking show, our disclaimer. And yeah. we, we used to, we used to say this disclaimer every single episode, but we've, you know, uh, fallen um, out of practice on that, but uh, we're not, uh, we're not insiders. We're not uh, experts. We're not, 
Well, don't uh, sell yourself short. What was the other thing that we're not? And then, uh, but what we are is we're a couple of dudes who are talking hockey. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. A bit perplexing, like you say, for Shoveldayoff to not, uh, as they say, weaponize his cap space. Right. Um, I don't so, get it. And I have no explanation for it. No. And so I, I think, you know, like coming into the trade deadline, the Jets have been playing brutal. They, Terrible. you know, uh, lost to Colorado, lost to the Islanders, blew a lead against the Kings. They had lost, lost five in a row. Lost to Edmonton, right? And, um, you know, how much was the trade, the trade chatter and all of that? How much was that affecting them? Um, but, you know, like finally on Saturday night in a real sloppy game, it was a good game. But it's exciting, exciting yeah. game, sloppy game. Maybe that's a turning point, right? They beat Edmonton, mm-hmm. held McDavid to one point, um, yeah. and which and... was a power play point on the first goal of the game, a minute in, yeah, uh, courtesy of Blake Wheeler and his stupid uh, turnover and hooking penalty. Oh, here's oh, here here's the thing too, right? To uh, if you're playing Edmonton, don't take penalties because they're yeah. going to score every single time. Dry their saddle? power play is insane. Yeah, I know. Wild. It's not good. It's not good. It's wild. But, you know, so Hellebuck, he ended up making, you know, he ended up allowing five goals against, mm-hmm. but getting the win mm-hmm. and his uh, save percentage on Saturday night was 857, mm-hmm. 30, 30 uh, saves on 35 shots against, you know, not great numbers, uh, but he made the saves when he had to, and he did make some big saves. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he got the team the win, which is what you want. But like, and I'm not poo-pooing on the Winnipeg Jets' clear MVP, in my mind, Connor Hellebuck. Oh, without but, a doubt. Uh, but I will say, he has not been great lately. Since no. I'm going to go ahead and say since like the All-Star game, he had that one amazing performance in Manhattan against the Rangers where he made 50 saves and only allowed one goal or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but there was, um, you know, like there's been, he, his, he just hasn't been great lately and the jets need him to be great if they're going to go anywhere. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of the reality of the jets, but like adding Nemestankov and adding, uh, Nino Niederreiter, what it does there, I think it, it kind of solidifies their forward group in a way that it maybe slides some guys down in the lineup that, uh, you know, and, the, and those are two guys who can play some minutes mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe other guys were being asked to play. Plus yep. the Jets do have several injuries right now as as teams do, but mm-hmm. um, adding them is is good, so um we're running out of time do we have time to talk garage league we gotta quickly maybe just touch on it uh well okay well yeah yeah no one just two sentences yeah we both lost this week yeah so my team we're out of it we're done you guys get another chance to to live on though yeah the, the always and i'll i'll send a shout out to uh carter the car guy because i know he listens and yeah. he is he is uh, one of the most positive dudes I've ever met, and I've really enjoyed playing hockey with him. So he was not able to play last night. He was he was a little under the weather. Sent an email first thing this morning, and, and he's like, "Spence is killing me. What's going on? How did yeah. it go?" 
he found out and he's just like, well, I guess we're taking the the long road to That's a right. potential final. Just like, I like your optimism, car guy. Yeah. You're, you're a good man. Drive so. into spring at McPhillips Toyota with <laughs> Carter the car guy. Yeah. Yeah. He'll appreciate that plug. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, rough, 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 uh, rough week for your. Yeah, uh, you guys um, jumped host. into an early one nothing lead, but then uh, three straight, relatively well, two were quick back to back goals. Yeah, uh, and the uh, failed skates held on, added an empty netter, and four uh, ones the final. Uh, yeah. My team, the Tempo Aluminums, we lost four three in Ooh, was a what was a game. highly controversial game, in my opinion. I don't yep. think I'm going to get into it. Um, Probably shouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, but but I'll tell you, that I heard was, there's uh, some there's been some chatter around the league. Yeah, highly contested. <laughs> I don't know what got in. There was some bees in some bonnets. I'll tell you that much. It was and, intense. It was intense. Yeah. I came down and I I wanted to you know I've been advocating for people to come down and watch some quality beer league hockey. I. Did you got that? your money's worth on Thursday <laughs> I, night. I got my money's worth. Yeah, yeah. it was it was a good but, time. Yeah. The Tempo Aluminums couldn't pull off the victory, and that is the way she goes. Um, the uh, the failed granny skates suite. are on their yeah. way to the final. Yeah, you guys are playing the Granny Sweets, and or um, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, Granny Sweets, uh, yeah. And, uh, and so and the winner have... of that game will meet the failed skates in the final, and then has to beat them twice. Yeah, yeah. So good times. So if we win Thursday, we play again on Saturday. And then would hopefully win, and then would have to win again the following oh, man. Saturday. It's playoffs, baby. Yeah. It's pl- you gotta love playoffs. You do. You do gotta love the playoffs. any level of anything. Yeah. You love. You gotta love playoffs. It's true. Um, exciting stuff. Okay, yeah. we're gonna go out on our last Winnipeg Folk Fest song. Kind of um, an interesting one. It's a big yeah. hockey hockey banger. You hear yeah, this one? You would in... have hear, You would have heard this one in whatever hockey rink you've been to in the last decade or whatever. Um, At some point they've played this song. It's KT Tunstall, the Scottish queen of rock and roll. Yeah. And uh, what is this song actually called? I call it black. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Black horse and the cherry tree. Okay. So yeah, Yeah. right here on talking hockey, the hockey talking show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your stick on the ice. Here's KT Tunstall. Myself, so I'm gonna let her do all the talking. Ooh. Ooh. I came across a place in the middle of nowhere with a big black horse and a cherry tree. Ooh. Ooh. I felt a little fear upon my back. I said, Don't look back, just keep on walking. Ooh. Ooh. But the big black horse said, Look this way, he said, Hell. But I said no, 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 no. I said no, no, you're not the one for me. No, 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 no. I said no, no, you're not the one for me. Ooh. And my heart hit a problem in the early hours, so I stopped it dead for a beat or two. Ooh. 
some court and I shouldn't have done it and it won't forgive me after all these years. Ooh. Ooh. So I sent it to a place in the middle of nowhere with a big black horse and a cherry tree. Ooh. Ooh. Now I won't come back cause it's all so happy and now I got a whole for the world to see. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And it said no. Not the one for me. No, 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 no